Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Today, actually call me Cliff Richard today because uh, the mic, I feel a bit like Cliff with this mic. I've never wore one of these before. Andy actually commented on my ears saying it didn't fit my uh, abnormal ears. Hey, get what you're given, okay? So, uh, Josh... Um, Kindly introduced me this morning. I'm Jared. I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the team here at Mansfield, and it's it's a privilege to continue this series with you on uh, Wisdom Works. And we're in the second week of that, and uh, Josh opened up the series in impressive terms as he normally does, with uh, talking about Proverbs one, and uh, revealing to us and helping us to increase in wisdom in our own lives through this summer series. And Josh spoke about the writer of Proverbs, uh, who wrote the majority of Proverbs, King Solomon, which is described as the wisest man to ever live on earth through the biblical days. What a feat that was. And uh, Josh was speaking how wisdom starts with the fearing of God, not the trepidation, yeah, not the the respect of God, of the awe of who God is. And Josh said that it starts from there. And he also said that wisdom is something that we have to chase after on a daily basis. It's not in a bottle where we drink it. It's something that in our principle and our daily lives we have to chase after as an action and a discipline. And he also finished with how godly counsel and friends are a key part of our lives. He, he, he said a phrase that even through our own journey with Josh and I, it talked about people saying, about the five people you spend your life with. Yeah. Normally you're the average of those. And saying how important it is to have people around you who are going to give you good discipline and help you to become a better person. But before we get into the word this morning, I want to show you a short clip from one of my favourite films, uh, the Pursuit of Happiness. This. One day, a man was drowning in the water. And the boat came by and said, Do you need any help? He said, No, thank you. God will save me. Then another boat came by and said, Do you need any help? And he said, No, thank you. God will save me. Then he drowned and went to heaven. And he said, God, why didn't you save me? And God said, I sent you two big boats, you dummy. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, it's very funny, man. Come here. <laughs> a short clip and a joke from a little kid about, about how this man, obviously, who was in a boat, was asking for help and God sending him some help and, uh, and, and the guy kind of refused him. Where did he end up? He ended up dead in heaven. <laughs> and do you know what? It's a, it's a little bit of a joke, but actually it's a reality of life. You know, it's amazing that a kid, we've got a kid called Ruben and he loves, he's five, he's the most orange ginger kid I have ever seen and he loves telling a joke. But do you know what? A little kid like that, wisdom's not age dependent. Yeah, even in, even in the story, his dad's not listening, is he? But the kid's saying, dad, what a dummy that guy was. Why didn't he listen? Someone come to save him. Two people come to save him. But you wasn't listening. And today I'm going to speak from Proverbs 3, 
primarily verses 1 to 13. And then I'm going to unpack six verses within that chapter. And the proverb is all about trusting in God. And uh, before I unpack this morning, you know, it's key to know what the book of Proverbs is actually all about in order for us to reveal what God wants for us in the book. You see, in the books in the Bible, they're all very different in their different ways. And Proverbs is actually a book of principles. So if you're sort of a manual person, let's say a DIY enthusiast who loves that, yeah, this is step one, this is step two. I'm the, forget the instructions, I'll do it myself. Normally takes five times longer, yeah? But Proverbs is that principle book where it's given as principles of daily life. And it's, Proverbs is a book written Again, majority-wise, by King Solomon, the wisest man on earth, through the, uh, through the Holy Spirit, in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in large, it is a book that is talking about principles, instructions, and it offers us wisdom. And you'll notice as we unpack it that it normally comes in a twofold. So it comes with an instruction, and as a part of the instruction and the action, it gives the principle and the outcome. But we don't need to say that it's a promise, yeah? yeah? Because it's not promised to get mixed up with. Because there's certain things of saying, if you do this, you'll live a long life. That's not necessarily the 100% truth, is it? Okay, we can't guarantee that we have a long life. Only God can guarantee that. But wisdom, from the get-go, it's not age-dependent, as I said. Do you know what? I've met people throughout my life at old, Yeah? who are educationalists, who have done a PhD and master's, and they live their lives very recklessly. Yeah, I hold this degree, I hold this master's, I hold this, I've done this course, I got an, I'm an A-star student, and they lack wisdom. Wisdom is not about intellect. You could be somebody, let's take our very own Ilkeston campus pastor, who as part of his testimony over the years has said, a council estate kid, Phil Pye, yeah, who's gone on to be one of the uh, national leaders in the UK for the Assemblies of God. And I would say, he hasn't said this because he's a very humble man, but one of the best biblical teachers in the UK. Why? Wisdom. Not from postcode, not even from upbringing, from biblical wisdom. We're going to get the proverb up on the screen this morning, which is Proverbs 3 through the New Living Translation version. And it said this, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favour with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation We've heard this a lot of times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord, as Josh said. Turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honour the Lord with all your wealth. With the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. 
Don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding. You know, can I be honest this morning? And say there are things in these verses which we can all be better at. Yeah? Yeah. So when we digest it and dissect the information here, we can all be better at things through the Proverbs. And that's why they're so essential to give us instruction. And I don't want to be doom and gloom this morning because I'm not that sort of person. I'm more of a half full, yeah, than a half empty sort of person. Normally like a smile, yeah. I kind of stay away from the doom and gloom people. There's actually a guy in my uncle's church and they call him Smiler. Yeah, and he says, why do you call me Smile? Smiler. Because you never smile. <laughs> he hates it. He hates it. Never smiles. Call him Smiler. She needs to smile. But we live in a current generation where I see a lack of wisdom. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And I see a lack of principles. Even in this proverb of loyalty. Yeah? Lack of loyalty. A lack of kindness. A lack of wisdom. But here's the good news for us today as Christians. When there's a lack of something, things shine brighter when there's a lack of something. So as a Christian, if you live wisely, that is going to show up further because you see a lack of it. So when you are a wise person or when you are kind or when you're a loyal person, in that place, where you're in your workplace or whether you're on your street, you can be that person who says, do you know what? There's something very different about you. There's something very different about you. And God says that, that even in the darkest times, my light, if it shines, it overlaps all of that darkness. And this morning, we need to be people of wisdom, of loyalty and kindness, so we can impact wherever we go. And I'm believing this, that as even we read the word this morning, people are going to be set free, they're going to be healed, and they're going to walk out this place differently than when they come in this morning. Do we believe that this morning, church? Amen. So in verses 3 and 4, it says this on the screen. And like I said, I'm going to look at six verses this morning, and we're going to talk about them together. It says this, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Never. It says tie them around your neck as a reminder. If that lamp goes on the floor, then my wife will probably file for divorce. It's a very expensive lamp. It's not, I'll come to the story. And it says this. I look a bit like Mr. T, don't I? No. Like the white version. But he says this, tie them around your neck. Write them deep within your heart. If you want to know, I did make these myself. Yeah? Some of you are saying, are they for sale? Yes. After the service, there's a stand there. Okay? Because I'm a kind person, 50%. I'm like one of those traveling evangelists that they start the message with the first 10 minutes all about their books. If you want to buy it today, I'll give you 50% off and then they just preach 10 minutes. It's just a joke. They are for sale though. It says, never let them leave you. Never. Then, 
So you see how it's twofold? Yeah? So it's never let them... And then, when you do those things, you will find favour with God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. But you've got to do them. It says never. How many times throughout every day, yeah, someone cuts you up on the road, yeah, someone's nasty to you. Some of us have probably been through some horrendous circumstances where you think, I want to get my own back. It says never. Never. They're here. If I can turn them around. Take them with you. Take them with you. It's actions, it's principles. And then you'll find favour with both God and people. Do you know what? Throughout my life, when I've been closest to God and when I've done certain things, I've naturally found favour with people. I've naturally entered into conversations wherever I've gone because people gravitate to something that they want. And that's the Holy Spirit. And they may not know it's the Holy Spirit, but they see something in you. You know, I read a story about an old lady in the Daily Mail and she was in her 80s and she'd lost a husband of over 50 years of marriage and uh, she wanted to commit suicide because she'd lost her soulmate and she felt like life wasn't worth living because she was absolutely broken that she'd lost her husband and her soulmate and she felt that she had no purpose and value until one day she decides to bake a cake and give it to her next door neighbour. She realised the joy it gave her when she offered kindness to others. She felt valued again. And she decided to bake a cake every single day and give it to every single person and household on the street. Her life was saved through her own kindness. What was the result of this? It led to favour on the street she had a good reputation but even further in this instance saved her own life for a brokenness an 80 year old lady who'd give up I could understand hurtful 50 years of marriage yeah even in two years of our marriage I can't imagine life about my wife and my baby but this woman decided to turn it round did you know what when she dies people will be talking about that lady won't they They'll be talking about that old lady who used to bake those cakes and bring them and light people's lives up. And we can do that. We have to make the choice. But you may say, you know what? I'm not gifted. I'm getting on in age. I feel worthless. I feel depressed. Be kind to people in the workplace. Be kind to your neighbours. Offer people a smile. Yeah? Offer people a smile. Doom and gloom, people stay away. They do. Talk and listen to people. Be loyal to people. Yeah? Because when you do, you'll find favour with the Almighty God. And you'll find favour with people. Will it always work? No. You'll still find favour with God. Because He's told you to do it. I'll be honest, when Josh and Helen got announced as campus pastors here at Mansfield, I was happy. And they invited us round. And I said to Josh, Josh, Sam and I will be very faithful and loyal to you and Helen. And I felt in that moment I needed to tell him that. Because I thought, 
You need to know that I'm going to be loyal to you, Josh. And loyalty, God wants it in the house of God. He wants it. He says where there's unity, he commands the blessing. There's been many times I've grew up in church where I've not seen it. And unfortunately it hurts people. But one thing we have to work towards is loyalty. And then that key verse in 5 and 6, Chris, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. You see, I've heard this verse many, many times and if you haven't, it's a key verse. And it says, but here's the deal. No matter how many times you hear it, it's amazing reality that the God who created the whole universe wants to be involved in your life. The God who created the whole universe wants to be in your life. He wants to be involved in your decisions. He wants to help you make good choices throughout life here on earth. Maybe you've never heard these verses and don't know God, but I want to tell you something this morning. There's a God in heaven who sent his son Jesus to die for you in his place. He loves you and he wants you to live so you don't have to perform every day. Putting money in the swear box. Performing every day. Trust me, I'm a sportsman. It's all about performance. It's quite mentally tiring. Where one week you're good, next minute you're bad, you're this, you're that. God don't want you to perform like that. You don't need to earn your way to heaven. He sent his one and only son for you, to die for you. So he says that every day, here's the gift. You screw up, you come back to me. You don't need to keep working your way up the ladder. You don't need to keep working past that sin. He wants to help you this morning. That's my testimony. This morning at 19 years of age, God touched me so powerfully over four nights that I was weeping under the spirit of God. I wanted nothing to do with God at that point. He touched me so powerfully, he healed me. I've never looked back. I was a very selfish person, addicted to gambling, immorality, and he healed me. And that can be you today. No matter what your circumstances, you could be the best business owner in the world. You could be someone that's homeless, someone who's divorced. God's invitation is to everyone this morning. And you'll get that invitation at the end. And it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. But it says, seek his will in all you do. Not yours. How many times I've done it. You've made a decision and gone, God bless it. Bless that decision, God. No, he said, look, take the reins off. Come to me. Come to me. Invite me in the decision. I've got wisdom far greater than you. Can you imagine if uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, best manager of all time, yeah, Manchester United. My baby boy's in a Manchester United outfit yesterday, seeing his dad play. And imagine if he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to walk with you throughout your life in football. Jared, you're going to be a football manager and I'm going to walk with you every single day of your life. Can you imagine, I'd be a very foolish person to turn around and say, leave it to me. (laughs) Step aside, okay? What do you know? And we laugh, but we do that with God. (laughs) We do that with the God who created Sir Alex Ferguson. And it's, you see, it says in all you do. So the big decisions, the small decisions, these decisions all around this room today that are in your head, it could be a career choice. It could be the person you marry. It could be that meeting you go into tomorrow. You know, on a personal note, I've probably had eight months where daily I feel I've had to go for God's wisdom. 
Why? Because I feel weak. I feel that I can't, that these decisions that, are, that I feel are too big for me. And I've had to go back to the Bible and invite God into these decisions just to function on a daily basis. But God says it's available. Come after it. I'm here. Wear them around your neck. And it says this in verse 9 and 10. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Listen, if you like a bottle of Merlot or Chardonnay, get investing. Okay? Because he said he'll create a vineyard for you. Okay? So no, it's not that. But he says here, that honouring God with your finances. I've long enough been in church to know that we can be, oh, money, don't talk about it. Sex, don't talk about it. God created sex. God created money. And it's things that, you see, that we have to talk about. Do you know that it says in the Bible that there's 2,300 verses on money and wealth. And Jesus himself spoke about money 11 out of the 39 parables. Jesus himself. It's an important principle of life. God wants you to live wisely with your money. He wants you to invest your money. He wants you to bring it into the storehouse, the Bible says. That's this place. And even at times we've been, uh, the the church has has had a poverty-stricken mindset. Not this church. Not this church. And this is how I see it, even with my tithe. I think to myself, and people's had bad experiences with money. I'm sorry for that. I am. But even when I give my tithe to this church, I, I do think this way. I think, what I give is between me and God. What people do with my money, they're accountable to God. So if I give my tithe this morning, I don't need to be second guessing where that's going. I don't need to be challenging and saying, where's every penny of my tithe going? Those people who have been put in leadership position, even in this church, will one day have to account for that money to God. And that's how you should live your life with your money. Even in this church, money is not the be all and end all. But hear me, money is not evil. The love of money is evil. The love of it, where you want more and more and more and more and you want it all for you. No, God wants you to have money. God wants to bless you. God wants you to be wise with your money. But he also wants you to be generous. He said, when you honour me with your wealth, he will fill your barns with grain and you will overflow. One of the guys I've read about, one of the greatest Christian inventors and entrepreneurs of all time, R.G. Latournier, and I've spoke about him before. And he lived in the 16th century. And he gave 90% of his tithe to God and kept 10% for his family. And he said this about God, I absolutely love it. He said, I shovel the money out and God shovels it back. But God has a bigger shovel. Yeah? 
And that's what God does. He doesn't need your money. Yeah? He doesn't need the money. He's asking you to join with him to show you what he can do. To say, you give me the first part of it. Just put me first and I'll show you what I do with the rest. I'll put it out there. Do you know why I think part of this guy's life, why he was so successful, is because he lived it. 90% tithe. Imagine that. 90% of his tithe and he kept 10%. And by the way, he didn't start when he was a millionaire. Because you could say, well, I ain't got that sort of money. No, he started somewhere. Because it is the principle. It's not how much you have, it's what you give. That counts. Yeah? So this morning, as we go into it, I'm nearing my time. But I want to give you a couple of personal stories about Samantha and I and God's provision. You may have been thinking during the sermon, why the heck is there a lamp on the stage? <laughs> it's because I'm selling it. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, Samantha and I, have, we've, um, we've got a real passion for, uh, for property and property development and part of our work, uh, we, we do so. And I think I inherited the love of buildings and interior design from my father, especially turning old ruins into restoration. Yeah. I can remember as a kid traveling in the back and dad would always look at different houses and I could see his mind twitching. And I feel like I've caught that. But a couple of real amazing stories and testimonies. Samantha and I go, just before our wedding, we go shopping. And uh, we go to Laura Ashley and she sees this lamp in the corner and uh, she, uh, she says, oh, babes, I really like that lamp. And I see the price tag on it and it's 150 pounds. And I think, you think you're marrying DiCaprio. <laughs> you're marrying Del Boy. Okay. So I said, no, we're not paying that for a lamp. So anyway, later that day, we go to Ashbourne and, uh, and we see this lamp in this quaint little shop, the exact same lamp. And uh, Sam goes over to this lamp, you know, like it's Jesus waiting there. And, and she says, babes, the lamp. It's only 90 pounds. It was 150 in the last shop. I've got my head in my hands. I'm thinking there's no room for negotiation with this lady now. The shopkeeper's just heard she's selling it 60 quid cheaper. Anyway, I ask her, I say, is there a deal to be done on this lamp? Okay. She said, no, your wife just said it was 150 in the last shop. <laughs> anyway, I kid you not, I'm at work one day, okay, and this business building, so we've got like 12 tenants where I'm, and this lorry comes of this stuff. And I'm just sat outside and I see that lamp. So I went over. I said, excuse me. I said, are you moving into one of the offices? She said, no. She said, as a one-off, we're selling all this brand new stuff uh, in one of the offices where I work. I said, no. I went down to the tag. It said 20 pounds on it. Brand new. She said... It's half of that price. Ten pounds. 
Let me tell you something this morning. You can say that is coincidence. It's not. It's not. It's Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. I pray for everything. Last week, we put a, a, a bid on the house. It was one of our developments. And uh, someone bids 8,000 more. I rang Sam and got off and said, we've been gazumped. I said to her, I'm praying that they drop out of that bid. Yeah? I believe that God can give us this. Yeah? And you say, ooh, that's prosperity gospel. No, it's not. It's Proverbs. He says, come to me with all. I come with everything. Because I believe he's my provider. I believe he loves me. I don't believe he's just there to wag his finger at sin. Yeah? I believe he's in everything. And I prayed it. On Saturday morning, I said, God, I want that house. I want it because I think, if I can get more, God knows my heart that I'm going to give more. I have made it a discipline since I've been 19 of giving and being generous. I get a phone call on Friday. Jared, you're not going to believe it. They've dropped out of the house. And we'll let you have it 8,000 less than, than what they want. And I said, thank you, God. Yeah. And with some people, you would say, I don't know how applicable that is, but it is. Trust me, God, is, God wants you to be in every decision. There's so many stories of people buying a house or the person you marry, all things like that. And God wants to give you the wisdom to make these decisions because he wants to provide for you this morning. And I say this as we finish. If you get five and six back up. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Honour the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain. And your vats will overflow with good wine. I shovel the money out. God shovels it back. But he's got a bigger shovel. To finish off, three practicals as we can go out of this building and live this out. If you put them on the screen. Number one, read and meditate on a proverb for a day, a season. Yeah? 31 Proverbs in the Bible. Read the proverb each day. Digest it. Not, the Bible is not page flicking. It's not keep going, keep going. It is taking the word each day, meditating on it day and night and digesting it. Number two, put God first by inviting God into our daily decisions and living. Relationship. I was only speaking to a man yesterday who's assistant manager at our football. I was sharing testimony with him and he's a Catholic and he believes more about religion. And I told him about some testimonies. He rings me up last night at nine o'clock. Could you come and pray for this person for healing? Could you send me some songs of worship what you're talking about? All over it. I've only been at the club five weeks. Yeah, because people want what you've got. If you share. And thirdly, practice the presence of God. Oh, there's nothing like his presence. Nothing. 
can remember reading a book when I first got saved. It was that big. Called Practice the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. The second largest selling book of all time behind the Bible in Christian terms. That big. Of a guy who was a chef in a monastery. And all, all he did was practice the presence of God. And people all over the world would come to see him. Just a chef, he had one leg. Yeah, not some raging evangelist, not some uh, you know, mega church pastor. A chef, a, a guy who just loved God, loved his presence. And I would say for you to get that book and read it. For your daily reading and, and to practice the presence of God and to feel his presence and to know that you can go to him. But as I finish and the band come up right now, I want to say to you this morning that wisdom's available to all of us, as Josh has said last week. It's available. Wear it round your neck. Seek after wisdom. Be hungry for it. And see what you do. See that you find favour with God. See that you find favour with people. And I invite us this morning to, to bow our heads and close our eyes this morning just to give people their privacy.